0: You are listening to "From Sobriety to Recovery" with Jesse Mogul, episode one ninety six. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to "From Sobriety to Recovery." I am your host, Jesse Mogul. I am in addiction recovery. I once again am super excited for today's episode because, yes. Yes, we have a very, very special guest for you, Elysia Sheree will be joining us on the microphone in a moment, but before I jump into why she's here, uh, I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about what you possibly are experiencing on your end as you begin to shift your way from active addiction into sobriety, and obviously our goal here, right, our our journey, our adventure is taking us into addiction recovery there is gonna be a lot of pent up energy, a lot of emotions that we didn't understand as a child. So we developed ways of handling those emotions, of being around those emotions, of surviving through those emotions. And we we really, in many instances, did not pick out the most healthy ways long-term to help us with those emotions, but we absolutely figured out things to do with those emotions in the short-term at a very young age issues that we have once we get older is that not only has our cognitive ability began to increase, um, also our understanding of emotions is switched and changed. And the older we get, the more our cognitive ability begins to shift, the more our emotions shift. And when we've been muting them with alcohol and drugs for so long, what we ultimately end up finding out is that we really didn't Benefit ourselves long term in understanding emotional intelligence and what to do with this energy that's in us. Have you ever woken up in the morning and just immediately felt blocked? Uh, there's something going on. You go straight to the negative self-talk. The automatic negative thoughts are super deep, and it's almost like you start spiraling down into the depths of negativity before your feet have even hit the ground. For a lot of us, this is old school emotions that we're recycling day in and day out, and through these. Emotions that we have recycled, what we're doing is we're tapping into the same negative, undesirable energy time and time and time again. And you know what we say on this show, the longer you think about something, the longer you allow it to persist, the more it screws into your brain. It just gets into your psyche. And unfortunately, it can become a way that we just live our lives. So what if there was a way to heal the energy that's blocked inside of you? What if there was a way that you could actually tap into this inner energy that you have, right? Emotions are energy in motion. So you have all of these emotions, you have all of this energy. And what if there was a way to heal that? to tap into your core chakras, to really get in depth into what you would want to heal in order to really encourage the process of sobriety and recovery. Because of my profession, I am actually surrounded by people who are healers, um, who do uh, guide those through healing. And one of the most magnificent people that I have met over the last few months was actually introduced to me by my friend Thomas, who you've heard me recommend on this show multiple times. He introduced me to an energy healer that he came across. Now, one of the reasons why I immediately was taken aback by Thomas talking to an energy healer is that he is not woo-woo. He is not someone who would normally subscribe to this kind of stuff. Now, I am an old school hippie who used to eat acid and talk to trees. So I have old school woo-woo in me. And certainly I am very logical now. So there's these two variations of me who's like, let's, let's take on new things. Let's heal. Let's figure things out. And also a little bit of skepticism. And I think healthy skepticism is awesome. So I met with our guest today. And over the course of the last few months, we have continued to work together. And the shifts in me have been tremendous. And so for those of you who might think, oh, energy healer, I don't know about all that. Let's skip to the next episode. I would say let's just pause for a moment and let's just suspend any disbelief you might have and really listen to the conversation we're getting ready to have because it is next level. Um, The work that she does is absolutely phenomenal. And it's going to be an opportunity for you to hear uh, perhaps a different perspective, or maybe you're already into this kind of stuff. And now it can further solidify some of the things that you already deeply hold as a belief. Our guest today is from the wooded wonderland of Portland, Oregon. Um, Huge fan of Oregon. I think that that is just a very energetic state. Uh, She's married with three sons, loves to work her magic with energy clearing. She is the founder of the Golden Heart, Golden Mind business. Her website is, and her Instagram is, things that I will make sure are going to be in the show notes because I want you to be able to locate her if you desire to locate her. She absolutely loves helping people. And this is a cool little caveat, animals too, right? We've all heard of, remember that dog whisperer, that show, like, animals have energy. She helps humans and animals shift their energy, bridge their hearts and minds and step into their truths. She is a champion of self-love, seeks to share and offer new uplifting perspectives while helping others to master their energy. Without any further ado, Elysia Sheree, welcome to the show.
1: Hello, Jesse. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I am thrilled. I'm very happy to be here. I'm all yours, ready to answer whatever you're ready to ask me.
0: Yeah, you know, there's so many things. I don't know what you thought about the way that I introduced what we were going to be discussing today, but there is certainly a part of the world right? Who it's, you know, I know there's people in my own circle who are, when I talk about energy healing, they're like, oh, that's a bunch of woo-woo stuff. And I'm like, well, we all agree energy exists, E equals MC squared. I mean, Einstein made sure we knew about it. So we know energy exists. When we start to talk about healing energy, I I guess it's because it's not like when you do a bicep curl, you can feel the muscle work. When it comes to things like energy healing, It's it sounds abstract, maybe a little vague. So when you come across people who are super interested in what you do, but don't have a full understanding of what it is, how do you start to bridge that gap between what you know to be true and what works, and what they are still just maybe curious about or even skeptical about?
1: Yes. Well, for starters, my husband is probably one of the biggest skeptics uh, in the world. (laughs) So he uh you know doesn't necessarily uh get behind anything woo-woo let's put it that way. However, he's been very supportive of me and over time has experienced the benefits of energy clearing and energy healing. And he's come to the point to where he said, I'm not saying I believe in this. However, I, I something feels different and and I, you know I you know I feel better today thank you <laughs> he, he even used the word universe uh, a couple of weeks ago and I got a big kick out of that I didn't even call him out on it I just let it drop and, ha- and it happened and I enjoyed it so I do understand how people can feel skeptical skeptical with my work I just know what I feel and we all have our feelings inside and they, you know, sometimes we run into the situations where other people may try to invalidate what we're feeling. And, you know, you can either engage or, and, and try to make your point or prove what you feel, or you can just simply go within, know what you feel, know what is true for you and carry on in peace. And so luckily with my energy healing, I have not really had any situations come up where someone said, you know, prove yourself right now, and (laughs) it might be fun, I guess, if that happened, I'd have to see what I'd come up with, but I I feel it, And, and there is just an undeniable knowingness in me that this is real, and this is something that I've been connecting with since childhood, and something that's been developing in me since childhood. And it is just basically, in a nutshell, the ability to feel the energy in other beings, whether you're a human, uh, an animal, and then in even plants and such. Plants and trees definitely have energy signatures as well. And what I mean by an energy signature is let's say that, you know, you and I, we know each other, Jesse, and there's a specific energy frequency that we emit. And it's like, oh yeah, that's, you know, or Jesse seems himself today, or Alicia seems herself today. And you're recognizing that energy. So everything emits energy. As you said, everything is energy. And if you practice long enough, if you have an interest in this, you can certainly begin to connect with energy and even shift it in certain ways.
0: I love the way you're framing this, especially when it comes to like when we think about trees and and plants. Again, there was a reason why I ate a bunch of acid and talked to a bunch of trees for seven years of my life because I really felt like they were talking back with me. And maybe there's a little bit of my brain that's sort of seen that movie Avatar where all the root systems are interconnected and. Uh, You know, I can't help but think about some stories that have been reported about like the Amazon rainforest when they start to, to slash and burn certain sections. Other sections that are that are near in proximity start to die off before they even get there to slash and burn. And, you know, I. I remember learning about plants where you you say nice things. I've got a couple of plants here. Zeb is one of my favorites because it looks like a, a zebra. And a, we were told, talk nice to plants, plants will thrive. Yell and scream at plants and, and they don't do very well. And then there's a study Harvard did about water where somebody said nice things to one bowl of water, mean things to another bowl of water and completely ignored the third bowl of water, made rice with the three different variations of the water, then put the rice into a cupboard, into three separate cupboards, The ignored rice rotted faster than the rice that was talked meanly toward. And then the the meanly toward rice was actually molded faster than the nice water, the nice talked to rice. And so I can't help but think all of these things really are creating this idea that yes, I mean, energy exists. And now the way you speak and and talk is going to increase energy. And one of the really cool things about what I want you to dive into with this question is, how are people talking to themselves in their own head that's actually causing some of these um, energy shifts in them to go to the less desirable side? How do you notice that within the people that you work with?
1: Yes, I think all of us struggle with that, where we have uh, recurring thoughts sometimes, or we can get hooked on a negative train, you know, or loop, and it's just going through our mind. And what this does is it, it depresses energy. So it's the same thing, what you're doing to yourself is you're being that person who we all know that you just don't want to hang out with because they drain your energy. And so it's the same thing you're doing to yourself. You're draining your own energy repeatedly when you get stuck on negative thought loops or when you uh, ruminate on things that are depressing for you or that maybe you feel ashamed about or embarrassed about or something that you wish had gone differently or something that angered you. And while there's nothing wrong with reviewing these things and understanding them, it, it, there's a difference between a negative rumination on it versus uh, coming at it with curiosity. Why? Why did I respond like that? How? How come I yelled at this person? Why did I get? pushed into such a rage? What's going on here? And being able to look at it more deeply and look at your energetic patterns and what you're holding inside and what you're feeling inside so that you can break down why that happened without shaming yourself.
0: Mm, I love that idea of not shaming yourself and stepping into curiosity. What made me say this? What made me feel this? What made me do this? Say these things behave this way, because part of my addiction recovery is diving deep into myself through neuro-linguistic programming and certain things, and I'm, I'm starting to notice certain codependency behaviors in my relationships in certain areas. We just got done working on something right before we got onto the microphone about that. So w- when you meet people who come with you know codependency behaviors, negative, undesirable feelings and emotions, uh, what are some of the tips and pointers you give to them just as the beginning? stages of helping them understand what energy is and being able to, you know, clear it up and clean it out for them.
1: Yeah. So this is, it, this sounds very simple and, and it, it sounds like I'm saying something that lacks depth, but if, if we're listen to this a couple of times, there, there is a lot of depth to it. And what it is, is to get to a place to where you can accept yourself Accept your life, accept what has happened, accept the cards that you've been dealt with, and just release that judgment. Because it's that judgment and that shame that's causing you to react in ways that are going to send you into a tizzy. And so... I don't mean this to sound uh, like, oh, just stop that. You know, don't do that. Uh, stop shaming yourself, accept that this has happened to your life, you know, except that these terrible things have happened to you. You know, of course, someone could interpret it that way, but that's not at all where I'm coming from. This is simple yet profound at the same time. And, it, and the first thing I really like to do is to just bring an awareness to people that they have the right to be here. They are worthy just like anyone else they come with a story and a set of circumstances and a set of life experiences that define them. And it's when we put the judgment on there that, oh, my story, my life circumstances, my decisions, they were all bad. So I'm bad. And therefore I'm going to have these negative ruminations about myself. And so I like to just appear, you know, and be there and hold space for someone to think about what about the possibility of, Standing back for a minute and viewing all of this and what if you could shift into a space energetically of just love and compassion for yourself and what you've been through and who you are and where you are now. And it's so much easier to work with someone to shift energy from that point or to help someone transform from that point of view versus, hey, you're wrong, you're bad, let me heal you.
0: I mean, you're just resonating so much, especially like, first of all, you guys, did you count how many accepts that she said? There was a lot of acceptance there, right? We talk about in addiction recovery, this acceptance of who we were then, what happened, it is whatever it is, right? The traumas, I mean, it could be assaults. We we know that Um adverse childhood experiences can run the gambit. There, there are so many, that it's infinite. There's no reason to try to list them all off. We'll never get them all. So there's an acceptance of what we've gone through, of who we were then, and what we're seeking to be today in order to become that other version of ourselves that we know is out there. And that bad actions do not mean you're a bad person. But a lot of people, Alicia, um, get into this Like, nope, I was an addict for 22 years. I was a drunk. I stole money out of my mom's purse. I lied. I cheated. I stole. And therefore, I'm just inherently a bad person. And that's not at all um, the perspective you're taking on this. And I think that's extremely beneficial for people to hear from someone other than just me. Mm
1: -hmm. Yes. I love to show other people love, to show them this true, deep love of I'm looking at you and I can see that you don't love yourself right now. However, I do. And so I'm going to hold this space of love for you until you can join me. Because if you could feel what I feel, you would be right here with me and we could grow this. And so I, I really love to present that possibility to someone that yes you can describe your experiences and your choices and your decisions and such and these things that you did that you regret and and maybe you even did some horrible things that you you just couldn't even tell anybody because they're just so bad but i'm still telling someone that despite that they are deserving of love they and and you can if we can get to a place to where we can Name these things and and look at them and let them be there in the room with them as they also decide to go through a transformation and a recognition and stepping into a new set of circumstances and a new energetic signature. It gets easier as you do the work to look at those things and accept, but it, it takes a lot of uh, shifting of the energy, shifting of the mindset, and and working consistently on a commitment to
0: doing just that. Can you guys see why I totally, absolutely love talking to Elisia here? I mean, there we all, I mean, listen to what she's talking about, this holding of space, for yourself, and if you are not there yet, she holds it for you. And one of the things you probably notice there's certain friends who will sit there and allow you to be silent for minutes while you figure out what you want to say next. Maybe your therapist or your peer support specialist, somebody creates this space, this environment for you to share, for you to open up your true soul and pour things out that maybe you've never even told people before. I know it's one of I consider it to be one of my specialties of my practice is that. I create a space where people can feel very comfortable sharing their deepest, darkest secrets because a lot of the times it's that shadow self holding them back. How have you um, noticed that when you start to shine lights on certain parts, Alicia, uh, and really you know, help people illuminate what's been holding on to them for so long that they're now ready to release. What is that experience like for you to see them just completely blossom out their wings and and accept this healing for what it really is, which is just a a source of of recovery.
1: I have a short story for you that will illuminate this perfectly and really get across the idea of this. That this I have a client who I was working with who had been a foster child. They they were not an addict. However, I think you will find their story quite relevant to what we're talking about. Uh, they All I knew about them before I w- worked with them was that they had been a foster child. That's all I knew. And they were in their early 20s. And uh, as I began to clear this person's energy, so what I do is I connect with someone and I just am open. There's no judgment. I'm open and I'm loving. And I I know that sounds so simple, but I come with 100% love and 100% openness. There is no judgment. And whatever you have, I don't care what you think about it, I'm going to help you. And so what I felt right away was this heaviness, just such a strong depression. And so I went with curiosity closer at that. What was that? What is that? And usually I don't uh, see much when I'm working with someone. However, I did have a moment of clairvoyance where I could see them at five years old or somewhere around that age. And they had overalls on and they were sitting by a window in front of a sofa. And I could feel that this child was feeling the pain of why don't I have a mother? How come nobody wants me? What is so wrong with me? I want to let everybody know this might be a little bit triggering, but please know it leads to a very beautiful outcome. So if you're, if you need to pause this, go ahead and pause or fast forward through this, but I, it's a beautiful outcome. So back to the story, he, uh, this child was wondering why they were unwanted. How come I'm untouchable? How come the other kids I go to school with have mothers and I don't? And And it was just very hurtful. It was a deep core wound that was gaping open and so I said to my client I thought okay this is going to be tough for them to hear but I'm so here in non-judgment let's do this so I said I see you and there is a point in your life where something really strong that is with you now is uh, developing you know there is a wound here and I want to name it to you do you think that you can handle if I tell you this And they said, yes, go ahead. And when I explained that, there was silence and then that stopping of the breath. And I could tell that this was a lot for them to take in because I just held up a mirror to what hurts them every day. Every breath they take, every step they take, every decision they make is cloaked by this. And here we are. And so I said, I want you to know that you are so loved and that I love you so much right now. And I'm looking at you as this little boy and I love you. Can you love yourself with me? Can you accept that these are your life circumstances, but that you are lovable and we're both here? Let's do this. Let's get this little boy together and uplift him. So we did that. He agreed. And then whoosh, there was this big energetic shift of acceptance and love. And understanding it just happened in an instant. And it was beautiful. And his breath was taken away, and he needed to sit with that for a moment. And this doesn't mean that this wasn't going to continue to hurt him or be a sore spot for him. But what happened was we shifted the energy that was holding him up from moving forward in life, from fully accepting himself. And it was just such a beautiful thing.
0: That's powerful. I, I love hearing the stories of this evolution that others will have that I've I've felt. And there's a couple of things I want to circle back on because you talked about um loving yourself and that people are lovable. And this is this is an issue with a lot of my listeners, I know, because they've they've reached out to me. And one of the questions I get uh, relatively frequently is, you know, how do I learn to love myself? So we're gonna ask about that in a moment, but one of the the, the first question I have is is that. How, if somebody doesn't even love themselves and they're not necessarily getting the love that they desire from those that are closest to them, how are they going to be able to accept, to embrace this idea that a complete stranger like you or their therapist or their peer support specialist could possibly love them? They don't love them. Their family and friends don't love them. Um, And now you've got this stranger rolling up saying, oh, but I totally love you. What? What what kind of pushback have you noticed from that? Because I could absolutely hear some people saying like, yeah, come on, you don't love me. You're just, this is what you do for a gig or, you know, this is something that you do. But yeah, you, you're saying a lot of words that say love, but do you, how do you feel love for a stranger and create that kind of space for someone when they may not even love themselves?
1: Yeah. So there's uh, two things with that. A, it, it it does go beyond, I don't meet someone right away and go, hi, I love you. <laughs> Get to work, you know. <laughs> so there's definitely that there's an intimate listening beforehand. There's uh, a great respect. There's a great aura of respect, and uh, it, it is felt. And the safe. I have people tell me all the time, I feel so safe with you. And I set that up just simply by projecting that energy and and having 100% intention behind that safety. And when people feel that, they let down their guard, maybe just a little bit, and then they can feel that I am loving them. And this is a different love. This is not a romantic love. This is a love of acceptance, uh, That that we are one. And that I am accepting you and I'm seeing you, and you're allowing yourself to be seen. And I can feel someone's energy when it's shifted and they're in that space. And that's where the work begins. Now, I have had a few clients where I can tell they are so impacted by what has happened to them that 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 unfortunately cannot happen just yet. We, we don't get there, what I just described. So in that situation, I want to go in and clear trapped emotions. So what I will do, what are trapped emotions? So we're walking uh, banks of emotion. We, everything that has ever happened to us is stored in our subconscious. Everything, uh, you know, there's good, there's bad, there's so-so, it's all there. So all of these experiences uh, that we have in life, sometimes we experience something, we process it, we feel it, and then it gets released and we go on and we move on to the next moment. Other times in our lives if something happens that causes a trapped emotion. For example, fear or maybe overjoy or overexcitement could be sadness, grief, fear. So these things that happen to someone they don't get processed and they're held. And then from there, they impact the decisions that they make. Could be five, 10 years later or whatever, that emotion gets stirred up. They don't realize that it's subconscious and they're acting from that place because that's been, it's, they're feeling it. And so what I do then is go in and clear trapped emotions for someone. These trapped emotions can be inherited. So if you have a parent who is carrying a really strong trapped emotion, that's most certainly can be passed on. There's generational traumas and generational emotions that can get passed on. And then there's just emotions that happen specifically with us. So sometimes, oftentimes, when I go in and I do clearing of trapped emotions, that can get someone to a place to where they can let that their guard down a bit and begin to trust and open up. Because I'm bringing them into themselves; they're going within. It's not me; it's nothing without. They're feeling it within.
0: All right, I, just, I mean that was fantastic. Uh, look, I'm going to make sure that everyone is is connecting the dots the way I am, based off of what Elisia. Elys- E, it's a it's a hard E, guys. Trust me, a long E. E, Licia, I love saying your name. The more I learn how to say it the right way, is look, guys. She doesn't even have an NLP background. She's using things like the unconscious mind holds all. We've talked about this. It is a warehouse of your memories, right? So now things happen in the past. They don't get processed correctly, you know, or desirably. They get whatever, they get stored up as this pent up energy. We're not processing them. Then later on down the line, these emotions get stirred up again. Now you're old enough that somebody can hand, hand you an addictive device. Now, all of a sudden you find yourself addicted to alcohol drugs. You have all of these things that you can now use to not necessarily heal or process, but they certainly mute. And now later on down the line, we get sober and whoa, whoa, all of a sudden our mutation device went away. Now we can, we, we feel, we feel these trapped emotions. We we Now we're ready to process them. And that's what this energy healing is d- doing. It's what we're talking about, taking the acting from the unknown, bringing it to the known and saying, okay, it's time for this to be healed. It's And we talk about this with NLP all the time. You go back to the past, you take the lesson you heal the trauma and you, and you leave that sadness, that depression, you leave all of the negative undesirable parts. You leave it back there with the memory where it belongs, process it, heal it and move forward. And Alicia is talking about this. I mean, she didn't even have the the NLP, but yet she's, she's connecting these dots. It's not just me guys. It's not just me who understands how important energy and and, 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 uh, energy and motion is emotions. So when uh, after all that, Somebody comes and they say, "I want to love myself." One of the things I teach, Elysia, is that in order that when you learn to love a human, it's because you trust them. You you know you say you'll be somewhere there, they show up, and the more you trust somebody, the more that there can become this love, and then the more the trust grows, the more the love grows, and then of course if we deteriorate the trust. Now the love gets deteriorated with it. So when you go to help people start to love themselves and accept themselves, uh, how much does you know trusting in this new version of themselves to create this love, how much do you feel like that plays a role in the work they do away from you after the healing has been done?
1: Mm-hmm. So let's use the example of if someone's home is quite messy, they, they really need someone c- to come in and do a deep clean. And they have someone come in, they do this deep clean, all the bathrooms are sparkling, the, the floors are sparkling, everything looks great, windows are clean, they've, they've got it all. If this person does not change habits a bit, like, you know, I just had this, this my home cleaned, I need to find a way, what's a system that's going to work for me that I can commit to, to keep this clean? You know, of course, I may need to have this person come again in one month or one a month from now, or three months from now, or six months from now. But in the interim, I'm going to ABC, and this is how it's going to work. It's the same thing with energy clearing. We can do these this deep work and be together and be connected, and I can bring someone to a space of greater love for themselves and the ability to go within and get in touch with themselves and who they truly are after that, I usually coach them through a few things that they can do to get back to that place. And then we also just talk about the importance of their environment and how to manage emotions when they come up. And, and what it, it, what is your A, B, and C for you? What can I give you that's going to work for you that you will do so that the next time we get together, we can do even greater work? Ah. Uh.
0: So I love the way you, you plot this out. I really love the idea, the the, the metaphor, right? It's, it's like, you know, whether it's an energy healer, whether it's working with me guys, whether it's your therapist or your your sponsor, right? Like they come in, they help you clean everything up, but then it's your habits. It's the way you think, the way you're the way, the way your feelings are attached to your thoughts, the actions, it's your outcomes. It's it's the entire picture, really, that you're looking to help them shift and grow through when people start to experience this at a very deep level. What kind of unconscious kickbacks might they expect to happen? And by unconscious kickback, it's like you, you want to begin to shift these behaviors, but there's a part of you that wants to hold on to the old version of you. Maybe it was a secondary gain that you got or by being depressed all the time, everybody showered you with attention because they wanted to help you with your depression. So I can't let go of depression because then I lose the showering of attention. What are... You know, what are some of the roadblocks people might uh, not even realize that are are coming up that would hold them back from releasing this energy and accepting this new version of themselves?
1: It's a consistent process of learning how to manage what comes at you. So I'll use myself as an example. I was certainly not born (laughs) into ideal circumstances, and I had to uh, come to come the process of coming within and learning to love and trust myself was long and it was very hard and arduous and it was beautiful, but I was always committed. I was always committed. And sometimes I might, uh, let's say fall off the bandwagon of this self-development and self-improvement, or just mostly trust, learning to trust myself and my intuition and who am I and who do I want to be? And consistently getting back on the bandwagon and then starting to love the bandwagon so much I don't even get off anymore. You know, oh look at that shiny thing over there. Nice try. I'm staying on this bandwagon. <laughs> and so doing that, uh I'm trying to think of an example. Well I'm a very private person. And in doing this work, I'm really putting myself out there. And one of the reasons I'm so private is the less someone knows about me, the less they can hurt me. But what if I do open myself up and someone does hurt me? Well, I could learn how to interpret that. I could learn how to deal with the emotions of that. I could learn how to continue to love myself, even though that happened to me. And that's the part that's hard. So having someone who you trust to co-create with you, how you're going to do that, and, and what process you're going to use to move that along and to usher in that transformation is beautiful. It's like, you know, we don't necessarily, we have best friends, a lot of us, we don't go to our best friends and go, hey, I need you to help me with this. They're doing their own work. So here I am a person right here specifically to help you do this type of work.
0: It's one of the things I love about Team Jesse is that when i think about you um i've had people do my human design i've had i've had past life regressions i mean i've I've literally I've just brought it all in because I meet so many amazing people like you, and one of the even with what I do for people, I talk about like, are you, this is what happens when you bring somebody into the fold who's unbiased. We seek to help you, guide, we guide you to heal. We we don't have an ulterior motive. Like you go to your your best friend and say, hey, I'm going to take on this new job, and they might say, no, don't do that. Not because they don't want you to have the new job, but maybe they don't want to lose having all this awesome time with you and the freedom to have lunch with you whenever. So they come with a little bit of bias about what you might be trying to heal or accomplish. Whereas what you and I do is very much like, Hey, it is, it, it is your betterment. That is what we're looking for here. And I couldn't help, but I just latched on to this whole idea about the bandwagon and the shiny object. And no, thank you. I am good over here with what, with my bandwagon guys, that that's a direct correlation to alcohol and drugs. You got on the sobriety bandwagon, you got on the addiction recovery bandwagon, and no matter how shiny object, the, 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 Cocaine, the LSD, the meth, the booze might look over there. You're like, yeah, I've been there. I've done that. I said goodbye. I'm really happy with my bandwagon here. And when you you talk about bandwagon in this healing process, one of the things I was most struck by was the idea of generational trauma a lot of people will discuss how, um, addiction is a disease and that it can be passed down from generation to generation. And then I hear about anxiety and stress and fear, those also being generational. And I hope can't, but wonder, is it because of the way we're raised? so if my mom had a ton of anxiety that her mom had that, that great grandma had that great, great grandma, like if everybody has anxiety, they just keep teaching it down. Is that how this generational thing happens? Or is it almost like unconsciously? I guess it's the same thing. They're unconsciously bestowing anxiety upon me because that's the way that they've always just lived their life. Like explain that generational a little bit more because I think for a lot of us, we like, yeah, my addiction was generational. So now you're telling me my anxiety and trauma is too. Uh, Help people fully grasp what that means.
1: Yes, so it's both. You wanted to know if it's something that's taught to us, even if it's inherent, and it's just picked up. Uh, Or you wanted to know if it's just something that's there. And it's both. And I I want to take you to an example for a moment. So let's, uh, perhaps you've been somewhere, you've walked into someone's home and you just decided you don't want to be there. For some reason, you don't like that and you want to get out of there. And that is your, your body is picking up on the energy of that place saying, this is not a match for us. Let's get out of here. Or maybe you've met someone and you've just decided right away, this is not a person I want to engage in, engage with further. Uh, Maybe there is a movie you started to watch and and it just, you had to turn it off. You know, so there's a lot of energy out there uh, and it. What we have inside is like it's a magnet, and you're you're picking up things that are re- going to resonate with you, and some of these things are things that you need and should have you know that you're attracting, and then other things may be not so good for you and so you're developing the capacity to be aware of what are you attracting, what thoughts do you have inside, what ancestral patterns do you have what who are you? What have you picked up, what defines you, who do you want to be? And how is this attracting what you see outside of you? So this is a continuous pattern of going back within. When we're born, we have our own specific personality. So we here we are, we're unique, yet we have these ancestral things that have been passed down. So for example, there could be someone in your family line where they maybe they suffer greatly from postpartum depression. And so, while there was nothing wrong with their baby, maybe in their mind as they're caring for the baby, nursing the baby, they're thinking, "I hate being a mother, I hate being a mother. this child's ruined my life or I'm not saying that's what everyone with postpartum depression thinks. I'm just making this up as an example, and so they they might be in a just real state of constant agitation and depression and you know trying to figure out uh how they're going to make this work and the baby can feel that. The baby, it's not the baby may grow up and not even remember that, but but the body knows and the body felt that and we can pick up on that or just think of the people who you're close to in your family and they make a certain face, they don't even need to say any words and you know, what is behind that, even if it's never been spoken before. So there's a lot more to energy. Then we give credit for it. So that also brings me back to skeptics for a moment. I like to kind of walk them through these things sometimes. Have you ever been driving in the car and you felt someone staring with you and you looked over and sure enough, they were. That's energy. (laughs) There's nothing magic is happening here. Yeah.
0: Well, I know, I mean, one of the things that I had you uh, when I did the pre-interview sheet was, you know, talked about how energy is everything. We are energy, our thoughts, emotions, our environments. And I mean, all of it, right? I mean, it's our thoughts, our actions, our outcomes, our uh, environments, our mindset, like this, this whole thing, like if energy is everywhere. then how can we possibly begin to focus it, focus ourselves in a desirable way that allows us to... Uh, I'm not going to say block or keep out negative energy, but I mean, if energy is everything, then it's coming at us uh, from mm-hmm. all angles. How do we possibly even manage all of those inputs of energy into our system? And uh, if nothing else, just shield ourselves from the ones that are just going to hold us back from the person we desire to become.
1: Mm-hmm. So this is uh, gets into practicing energetic hygiene However, before that, what's even more important, what's the most powerful thing you can do for yourself is to know yourself. (laughs) There's that saying, know thyself. Uh, And what that means is Sometimes we put on all these different masks that we don't even know that we're wearing because we grew up in a certain environment where we maybe had to walk on eggshells or maybe we had parents we couldn't trust or maybe we were a foster child or may, you know there's so many different like you said we cannot name them all there's so many different circumstances but whatever these circumstances were we learned to protect ourselves in whatever ways and here we are so when you decide I want to disrobe, I want to pull off everything that is not me and be strong enough to look at who I really am. That takes a long time and it it takes a lot of resolve and it's going to shake you up as you do it. And so you have to learn NLP is one thing, but you have to learn how to calm yourself down and calm your system down as you go through this process. So the most important thing we can do here is to go within and to look within for answers and to stop looking outside of yourself for answers. That doesn't mean you don't get help or ask for help or read books or take in information, but you must learn to continuously go back within and decide, is this what I want? Does this define me? Sometimes you don't even know who you are or what will define you. And there's the process of figuring that out. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I didn't even mean to just make you stop, but that that was it right there, because all this stuff you talk about, like know thyself, um, who am I, and I can't help but think, you know, if we got a hold of addictive devices at 11, we were sexually assaulted at 12, we got deeper into drugs at 13, 14, and we don't really know who we are. We have literally been mired in the trauma, mired in the addiction, and now here we are in our 40s, and we're like, okay, I'm sober, and people are like, well, who are you? And you're like, ah, I mean, I, 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 All I know about myself is this version of myself that has been affected by trauma and addiction for the last 40 years. And now here I am at 42, trying to be all good And, and what... Uh, you know, it's like, to me, that just, you know, I mean, again, I didn't have the sexual assault thing, but definitely 22 years of addiction, trauma, mom, Crohn's work all like dad's bankings, the whole deal. Right. So we talked about that in the other shows. Uh, you talk about these masks we wear guys, episode 141 talks about masks. When somebody has been wearing masks for so long and they have no idea who they are, how do they even begin to formulate and, and feel comfortable asking themselves, is this really like Who I want to be? Is this really a version of me I'm okay with? And knowing how not only to ask that question, Alicia, but to actually know how to answer that question for themselves.
1: Yes. So, Jesse, so this is where the beautiful world of energy comes in. It's learning to feel again and to learn to trust what you feel because your feelings will tell you who you are and connecting your heart and your mind. So, to use myself as an example again, In my environment growing up, I had to minimize myself, or that's what I chose to do to protect myself. If I don't know who I am, and if I have the least amount going on within me, then you definitely cannot hurt me because there's nothing there to hurt. So I'm safe. And I had to figure out Who am I? What do I want to be about? What do I want to say? What do I like? And a lot of that happened by feeling and learning. You're given this great gift of feelings. So when something happens, your mind may make a judgment about it or make a decision about it, but your feelings could be saying something completely different. And learning how to go in and trust those feelings and examine them and get curious about them without judging or shaming is key. That's huge.
0: It is. It is. Uh, In NLP, there's a process called head, heart, gut, where you get all three on the same page. And and, for those of you looking, again, more connecting of dots here, your thoughts might be like, well, this is bad or this is really good. But if internally you feel an energy shift, and what do we say about energy, guys? When you feel feel an energetic shift, that's the time to take charge. Like one of my favorite sayings is when you feel a charge, take charge. It's your body telling you something just shifted. We don't know if it's good or bad. All we know is something shifted. Let's stop for a moment. Let's dissect it. Let's make sure that what the decision or the action we're getting ready to take is going to move us toward who we want to be. You feel a charge, you take charge. And this is the essence of this energy healing of energy is that we feel it all the time, but are we doing anything about it?
1: Yes. Oftentimes in childhood, well-meaning people could be teachers, doctors, and whatnot. We might be feeling something, yet they tell us that we're not feeling that. And so it causes us to distrust ourselves. Well, this person who's an authority figure just told me that I shouldn't be feeling that or that my feelings are, something's wrong with my feelings. So I guess something's wrong with me. I can't even trust them. I'm done with that. Let me just look outside of myself for validation
0: for the next 25 years or 30 years. <laughs> you have just nailed like 99% of all addiction people. Right. That that's down.
1: Yeah, so- it is so hard to, first of all, even trust that. Wait, I, my, inner compass is not broken. Are you sure? Because this is my inner compass you're talking about. I don't know that you've seen one like mine before. Mine's in shambles. And so it's like, oh, I guarantee you, one of the greatest gifts you have in life is your inner compass. And I don't care what has happened to you or what anybody else told you, it is not broken. Matter of fact, it's magnificent. Let me show you how to use it.
0: I I love, love, love this. Let me show you how to use it. Energy you're bringing in. And I, and I think I feel like I'm keeping you late for another appointment. So I'm going to get you out of here on the most powerful question I can. But y'all, we're going to have Elysia back in the future. I love this conversation about energy. I've actually learned so much like there's. Uh, even without your uh, the, the NLP background, your energy background, you're saying so many things that resonate uh with me, Elisia. I, I cannot just help, but just I, I have learned a great deal. I can't imagine how much the, the listener has as well. And so this idea of, of, of trusting your compass and feeling into the energy and realizing like it's it's time today. Today is the day to start creating the, the best, highest version of yourself. Imagine you have a microphone. It can touch every single ear on the planet. What was the message? What is the message that you would like them to hear from you today?
1: I would say, don't be afraid to forge your own path. Don't be afraid to stop listening to everything everybody told you, the things that they said that made you define yourself, the things that they told you about you. Don't be afraid to cast that away and start fresh and figure out for yourself who you are. And it's hard at first, sometimes you feel like you're standing in an empty room like what do you mean who am I help me I don't understand you know, (laughs) it can be so hard, I need a nugget dropped down, you know, Uh, but if you continue to ask and you truly in your heart want this, I guarantee you there's going to be a song lyric that clicks, or there's going to be a book that you see, or somebody will say something on TV, or you'll listen to this podcast, you'll run across it, and you'll go, wait a minute, this, you know, and you'll feel that shift that Jesse was talking about inside, and you will know, and that will be your first nugget. And so just keep collecting them, and your collection's going to get great, so coming back within and getting to know yourself is, is key.
0: That's beautiful. G- coming within and getting to know yourself. It, it is, it is key. You, uh, You said something there, you know, like you hear, you hear a song lyric, you know, uh, I remember one time I'm watching a TV show called Yellowstone and Kevin Costner's character says something to the grandson one time. And I stopped and listened to it like six times. I recorded it on my voice memo, turned the entire thing he said into a podcast. When you are looking for guidance, when you're looking for answers, when you're looking for clarity of your, of your thoughts and your feelings, and, and, and you're looking for a more focused nature for your actions and, and, and this ability to reframe your outcomes so that you can take the lessons from the ones you used to perceive as failures and you can embrace the ones that are actually successes and pat yourself on the back for a job well done. This is what we're talking about, everyone. Alicia helps with that. This show was able to introduce you to her. For those of you who would like to know more about how to locate her, I will put those in the show notes. Um, If anyone were to reach out to you, Alicia, is there something that they would uh, want to know coming into that connection with you that would help guide them to to better understanding perhaps their energy or the way you work or or the the kind of things that you can, you know, help them uncover within themselves?
1: I would say ask Ask me questions, ask me questions, and when I answer, if you have more questions, I'll answer more questions. I would say just come come with curiosity, and every person who I interact with, it's going to be different, it's going to be uh, tailored to them and what they need. And uh, some people like to just meet with me at first and say, now, what is energy healing again? How do you do this? How are you connecting with my energy? How does this work? And some of that is also on my Instagram page. You can look through there and, and, and get those basics out of the way. If you feel inside very strongly about this or you feel a pull toward this, that's a sign to reach out. And I don't care what you type to me or say, I will respond to you. And we'll, we'll, we'll get, if we're a good fit, we'll move forward.
0: And it really is that amazing. I remember when we first got on the phone, just, it was just talking about like, there was no, really no part of me that was like, okay, I'm definitely going to bring her on to team Jesse today. I was just super thrilled that Thomas had met someone like you and was super, you know, I was like, okay, let me, if, if, if. TJ is saying this. There's got to be something happening here. Uh, and it was, it was an immediate connection. The way you talk, the way you, you feel, there's an energy that I gained from you, even on the show, completely different form than how we normally interact. And it's just, uh, you're a powerful, you're, you're a bright shining star in this world of, of guiding others to heal. It's, uh, it's just been a, a pure pleasure to have you on the episode today. Thank you so much for, I know we went over a little bit, uh, but I really am just honored that you took time out of your busy day to be here with me.
1: Yes. Thank you too, Jesse. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm honored to know you. I'm honored to be on your path with you. And uh, here we are checking in with each other. Hey, how are you doing over there, Jesse? You're doing all right. You need a little clearing, you know, and you checking in with me. How am I doing? I love it. it it's beautiful. It's what helps us keep putting one foot in front of the other. And I just want to thank everyone who's listened to this podcast uh, thank you so much. Thank you for sharing your energy and lending it to the podcast. And if there was anything said that really resonated with you, take it and run with it.
0: Yes, take it and run with it. And if where you want to run is directly in front of Alicia, uh, it's goldenheartgoldenmind.com. Her Instagram is um, at dot golden mind. And again, this stuff will be in the show notes. If you mention that you were on the show, she'll have a special, uh, special thing just for those of you who have listened to this episode. She will, she'll take really nice, good care of you. She's really just, she's here to help like so many of the people I introduce you to um, folks out there listening today, it's, and you don't have to do business with any of them or, I really, or you can do business with all of them. What I really am seeking for you to understand is that how many different perspectives there are on the ways that we can heal through our traumas, through our past, so we can guidance and how many people, whenever you really start to listen to them, um, we we have a very similar energy. We talk similarly because we understand that we're holding all this stuff into our unconscious mind. It's We're not processing it the way we would most desirely be wanting to achieve. And now through addiction recovery, it's time to step into different worlds, different avenues, different pathways that we've never thought of before. And certainly I can't think of anybody that uh, has benefited me more over the last year or two to, to have met than you, Elysia. So thank you again. Just, it's been a pleasure and an honor and I can't wait to have you on again soon.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much, Jesse. I really appreciate it. Have a wonderful rest of the day. Thank you listeners. This is great.
0: It was great. All right, my friends, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Absolutely fantastic. Just a a beautiful 45 minutes with Elisia Sheree. Please, if you would like to find out more about her, you can find all that information in the show notes. It is a super way to guide yourself towards a deeper kind of understanding and healing. Go to Spotify or Apple iTunes for the active links for her uh, ways of connecting with her. And as always, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. Every day is the best day of our lives when we wake up sober. Shout out to sunshine and glow on. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.